0: Bow, bow, bow. Hey, it's the CXM experience. And I am Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, Chief Experience Officer. People often ask me what Chief Experience Officer means. Like, what is that job? And um, it's an excellent question. And if you know, let me know. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's an excellent question. And actually, I'll do like a really quick thing on what CXO means or what I think it means, because it's certainly a newer role and you're starting to see this appear in companies. But the way I would, uh, way I was describing the outcome of a CXO is that companies often deliver poor experiences for their customers. And I'll have an example of one today. And the reason for that is that different silos and departments in the company are not working together or different departments, product and marketing, for example, may not be working together. And that results in a disconnected experience for the customer. So... A good CXO would work to cross those silos and create experiences that feel connected so the customer feels like they're known. And if you hear some rattling noises in the room, by the way, that is my dog Hester, Hester Pryn, named after the misunderstood protagonist from Scarlet Letter. And Hester's a very, very good dog, right, Hester? You're going to be a very good dog, right? Okay, we'll see what happens. Hester's a little restless today. It's been a weird day for her. I don't know what's going on. But um, we'll see if she, she, if she starts to whine at the door, I may have to let her out of the room, but generally she's better in the room, maybe even whining a tiny bit than out of the room where she sees all the UPS and FedEx deliveries and, you know, loses her complete mind every time someone comes to the door. So hmm, there's the whining. Let's see what happens here. Stay on your toes, everybody. Okay. So CXO, silo crosser. That'd kind of be the way I'd put it. Uh, so I wanted to talk I, felt I had a really interesting, reasonably satisfactory in the end, but potentially really not very good customer experience. And it was so profound that I, I wanted to share it with everybody. Uh, but first, I wanted to share a little story about how, I've I used this a few times now in speeches, but how I think marketers are behaving in the world we live in today And I don't know why it hit me, but it it hit me in some conversation. I may have been interviewing somebody. I'm not sure where it came from. But there's sort of two examples that are great examples. So first, let me provide the analogy examples, and then I'll sort of link them to marketing and experience and just the way companies work with their, their customers all the time. So there's a great SNL skit, classic SNL skit from the 90s with Tom Hanks, a very young Tom Hanks, if you look this up on YouTube. And the skit was called Mr. Short-Term Memory. And in this particular skit, Tom Hanks has no short-term memory. And so he, he'll he show up in people's houses and then keep forgetting that he's at their house. And so the the, the joke is that he's constantly rediscovering the situation that he's in. And it's you know hard to make a lot of forward progress. My favorite episode was, which is not available online. I can't find it. My favorite episode is one with Tony Randall, the classic Tony Randall. And Tony Randall and Tom Hanks are on a game show. And it's Mr. Short-Term Memory and Tony Randall. And Tom Hanks keeps looking over at Tony Randall. And every time he sees him, he goes, oh, wow, Tony Randall over... And over and over again, it's it's unbelievably funny. I don't know why, but this constant rediscovery that Tony Randall's standing right beside him is, is I thought, quite hilarious. And uh, and I guess everyone else thought so too, I hope. And so that's the first one. So let think about Mr. Short-Term Memory. Look it up on YouTube right now if you, if you got a chance. The second thing I want to talk about is a movie from a few years ago, about a decade ago, uh, called 51st Dates. And it had Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore in it. And Drew Barrymore plays a person who's lost her short-term memory in an accident, and um, Adam Sandler is in love with her, and, and she can't remember anything within a day. And so the, the movie's charming and heartbreaking in some ways, but they start this process of he's dating her, and every date that he goes on, she doesn't remember him, because it was from yesterday. So they have 50 first dates. Uh, and it's a uh, very interesting sort of the way that they build to a conclusion and build to help her cope with this particular, I think it's a brilliantly written movie is under, I think it's underappreciated because it had Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler in it who are wonderful in it. They're wonderful in it. But at the time, both were not being taken very seriously and the movie, I think, suffered as a result. But if you have a chance to watch Fifty First Dates, amazing movie. Um, there's also um, Groundhog Day. Most people have seen this movie uh, with Bill Murray and uh, Andy McDowell. There's a, a sort of a, sort of a, almost a Fifty First Dates quality to it where Bill Murray is trying to romance Andy McDowell and every day, of course, she's never met him before. So he's constantly trying to you know, figure her out uh, and he only has 24 hours to do it. So uh then you know you don't know how that ends, I think. So so those, why do I think those are good marketing analogies? Because the reason I think they're good marketing analogies is that with many, many, many businesses, every time I talk to them, it's like the first time they've ever met me. And what's what's I think increasingly weirding people out is that I know they've got my info, my name, what I've purchased before. They should be following me on social. I may have connected to their accounts. Like, There's an awful lot of connection and communication that's gone on. But every single time I try to do an interaction or call customer care or I reach out to the company in some way, it's, hey, Tony Randall, every single time. And it is disconcerting because you're like, what are you doing with all that information that you have on me? Why can't you come back to me in an intelligent way and why is it always hey Tony Randall every single time is bananas and I I got to say we've got to stop this you know we have cuz it's getting to a point where it's moving from the sublime to the ridiculous because there's no excuse I know the reasons but there's no excuse for not being able to talk to a customer like you know them okay so just kind of End of rant. So let me tell you about my story at a store called rooms to go now, rooms to go is a very, very interesting furniture store. The original concept was that they would sell entire rooms. So you'd walk in and just say, I'll take that room. And you had a room to go. It's a great idea. That, not exactly the way their business has turned out. They've turned mostly into, a, you know, I want that piece of furniture because everyone's got very specific ideas on their rooms and it's Really, very limited number of people who are in a situation where they care so little about the space they live in that they'll just take something off the floor. However, you can still do that, and they do offer sort of all the pieces that belong in a room. Great company, very entrepreneurial firm. Uh, great customer service. Uh, there's a rooms to go outdoor, and I decided to finish the backyard where we are here in Florida because we needed a table to sit at, and we needed some stuff to sit on, and chairs and Needed a fire pit. No, we didn't need a fire pit, but we got a fire pit and I've always wanted a fire pit. I have a fire pit now. I'm roasting marshmallows on it with fire. It's great. It's all awesome. I needed an umbrella. Dash, you needed an umbrella. So I just needed a bunch of things. So I went into rooms to go and was treated very, very like, amazingly by the manager. I'm not going to use uh, her name and stuff because there's a couple of things in here that might get them in trouble, but um, you can probably figure it out there probably aren't that many rooms to go to outdoor stores, but the manager was incredible. She was like, just the best salesperson I've ever had. I didn't know she was the manager. So that sort of made sense afterwards, took care of me, got what I needed, set up the dates, you know, set me up with the right sort of furniture insurance and got the right things to clean the, in- the furniture and remember to, you know, upsell me on a cover because I actually really wanted one. It was all good. And so this is kind of proceeding and pieces are arriving somewhat in a piece-by-piece sort of basis because some are in different places, some are in stock, some are back-ordered, et cetera. The last piece to arrive, or the most recent piece to arrive, is probably a better way to put it, It's one more to arrive, is an umbrella. Three people came to deliver the umbrella. And the umbrella's got a stand and there's an umbrella. It's not super complicated. Uh, The stand requires some limited assembly. There's a tube that goes into a base, and then the umbrella goes into the tube. So for some reason, the Three Stooges (laughs) delivery service was used, and they bring in the back. So the base weighs 120 pounds, and this is germane to the story. And this 120-pound base gets sort of thrown on the grass, and then they pound the post in incorrectly. So they finally, I said, you're not doing it correctly. And so we rotated it, and they got it in properly. Uh, And then they slapped the umbrella in and I said, that can't be right. They said, what do you mean? I said, well, it's just loose. It's banging back and forth. There's like, there was like almost an inch of space. And not only that, the little turnbuckles that would tighten the umbrella to hold it in place so it wouldn't blow away in the wind, they wouldn't reach it. The umbrella was like on the edge. And so they weren't long enough. And he said, well, that's the way it is. I said, well, it's not the way it is. Like, I, I'm not stupid. Like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. He goes, well, that's the way it's the way it came. I said, no, that can't be it. Oh, sorry. And so he took a picture. He said, I'll post it as a manufacturing defect. And off they went. Never heard from them again. I steaming mad. So I got in the car next day, uh, or maybe a couple of days later. And I went to Rooms to Go, which was not super close. So it was a bit of a trip. Went to Rooms to Go outdoor. Walked in. The manager's there. Said hello, and she said, hi. And that was the first positive thing. It wasn't a 50-first date. Right? I walked in and she recognized me and she said hello, which was already made me feel a lot better. So I walked over to her. I said, I had the worst delivery experience. And she said, I'm really sorry to hear that. What happened? I explained it. And I said, the thing is just loose in the base. It doesn't make any sense. And I said, when I was in the store, I don't remember it looking like that. And she goes, well, is there the black plastic sleeve on top? I said, black plastic sleeve? And she goes, yeah. And I said, no. And she goes, oh, they always leave that in the box. I was like, oh. And so we walk over to show me one on the floor. And sure enough, there's a little, very simple, sort of two pieces of plastic that fit into each other and then go into the top. And the umbrella goes through that. And then you secure it and holds it in the middle. Of course, I'm like, oh, and it's so easy because it's just loose. It's not. It didn't have to be installed. It's not this big giant part. I said, can I please take this piece that's in the stand right here? And this is where it starts to get a little weird. And this is where there's a good lesson uh, on CX. And she's uh, like, she goes, no, because then I won't have one in the stand on the floor. I'll have to like order another one from head office and have them deliver a new one to you. And I said, really? I said, this is like a two cent piece of plastic. I can't just take this. And you can just take a picture and explain to people it's supposed to be there and just stick it on my umbrella and be super happy. You can't do that. And she goes, no, I can't do that. Head office wouldn't let me. And I have run into this over and over again. And when they talk about CX, there's obviously technology platforms that are important to make it happen. That's what Sprinkler's great at. But you also need people, people who want to care enough to make customer experiences great. And you need the right processes. And where I see it break down over and over again is that head office has engineered a process that doesn't empower the people on the floor to make a decision. Happens at the airlines. I once missed the cutoff for luggage to a flight by 30 seconds. 30 seconds. And the airport was empty. There was no scenario where I would not make the flight. And that gate agent, try as she might, could not, ticket agent, could not get my suitcase onto the plane. I missed my entire flight, like a whole day. I had another time where I missed the 30 minute cutoff for an airline by a minute in an empty airport in Memphis. And even though the plane was half empty and I was willing to buy a first class ticket with cash, they literally couldn't sell me the ticket because there's a 30-minute cutoff, arbitrary 30-minute cutoff. And they were as frustrated as I was. And I see this over and over again. And if you're listening to me, you know exactly what I'm talking about, people whose hands are tied by a bad process. So we went back to the desk and I'm, I'm begging because now I've got like the part in my hand. I, I can see victory. I can see victory. She said, okay, this is what we can do. She goes in the computer, She says, hey, we've got them in stock in the store, which is a bit unusual. They don't carry a ton of stock. We have two in stock in the store. I said, great. I'll take one of those plastics. She says, no, you can't do that. She said, I have to do an exchange. I said, all right. So what does that mean? She says, we have to bring your other stand in, and then I'll give you like the new stand, and you can take that back. I'm like, wait a second. So if you, if I understand you correctly, I have to deadlift a 120-pound stand somehow into the back of my car, drive it here, somehow get it off the car and into the store. And she said, oh, we'll help you with that. I'm like, okay, okay, well, let's just stay with me for a second. Then you're going to put another 120-pound identical stand that's just got this little piece of plastic in it. And then I have to drive that back home, deadlift it out of my car and get it all the way into the backyard again. That's, that's the system? And she goes, that's the system. Because if I don't do it that way, I'll get in t- trouble with my regional manager. And I said, that's bananas. Like, that's bananas. When in the parts right here. Okay, this is where it gets really good. And I think they probably broke some rules. But I was I was very pleasant. I wasn't, and I spent a lot of money and I was a good customer and I, I was, you know, I was dressed. Um, which is, you know, not always the truth in Florida. And... And they they went to the back, and then they came back, and they said, we had an epiphany. (laughs) I've never heard anyone say in a store before. They said, we had an epiphany. I said, what's the epiphany? So the epiphany is that if you come back with your stand and leave it in the back, and we give you this stand from the back, and you take it back home, at the end of the day, we're going to have a stand in the back that doesn't have the plastic piece in it anymore. I'm like, Yeah. And they said, well, why don't we just give you the plastic piece from the stand in the back, not the one from the floor. They need to have the one and the one on the floor. I get that. We'll give you the one from the one on the back, and then we'll just process it like it was an exchange. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing customer service. Now, meanwhile, in my brain, I'm thinking... I'm willing to bet that there's some rule at head office that I actually had to bring the thing back and they had to give me a new one. Like, I'm sure there's some rule they're breaking here that they may not even realize they're breaking right now. So I grabbed the piece of plastic. I said, I'm extremely happy right now. Thank you for great customer service. And I hightailed it out of there as fast as I could. I got home, put it in the stand, put the umbrella back in. Everything's working perfectly perfectly and I am very happy. But it was an interesting example of how difficult it was to do something that was so obviously correct for the customer uh, and how many steps it took to do it. Look at your processes. Look at your empowerment. How many times are you making customers do silly things? Because that's the rules. And especially when there's silly things according to your own employees who know better and just want to do the right thing. Make sure you empower people at that employee-facing level so that they can do the right thing and create happy employees. I'm totally going back to Rooms to Go Outdoor. I'm totally going to be seeing that manager again and I'm going to buy more stuff from them because they did a great job for me. And I just hope that they didn't get in trouble too much from their regional manager for making a customer happy. For the CXM experience, I'm Grad Khan, CXO at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time.